Welcome back to another episode of SCBC Podcast. Today, we're actually going to talk about education. And, you know, as Christ followers, education is very important. But just normally in our society, of course, education is important. And we have two very special guests that are joining us today. Uh, two guests who are actually teachers and in different kind of contexts, but also um, a big part of our church family. Mm -hmm. So these are in-house. These are people from our church family. So we have Ashley, uh, who is a teacher in a local school in our uh, Delta School District here. Ashley, thanks for being on the podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and uh, we have Suzanne Yuher, who also teaches. But um, I'm going to let her explain her teaching context because it's a little bit more unique probably for our hearers, our listeners. But um, first of all, before I explain who Suzanne is, um, Suzanne is Mary's mom. So if you see any yes, weird dynamics going on in this podcast, <laughs> or if not. you hear any, then... Uh... But now we've had my dad, my sister, and finally my mom on the podcast. Yeah, and so. your husband. And your husband. Oh, yeah, your my husband. husband. There so. you go. There we go. Yeah, and so Suzanne, welcome as well. Thanks for being Thank here. You. Thank you. Yeah. And can you actually, let's start there. Can you actually explain to us uh, the context in which you teach? Okay. Yeah. Um, I teach for an independent school. Uh, we are, our home is in uh, Cloverdale. I am considered a blended humanities teacher, which means that instead of being a straight online uh, teacher, I teach in class two days a week. So mm -hmm. I have 10s and 11s on Tuesday and 12s on Thursday. And I teach humanities, which is English and socials. And mm -hmm. I have them for, you know, each grade for three hours a week. And then I converse and work with them online the rest of the week. Okay. So I go into work two days a week and I work from home three yeah. days a week. And, and I am full time. Yeah, and it's a Christian context, right? Yes. yes. All, all the staff is Christian, yeah. but it, it is not mandatory for the students. To be yeah. Christians. So I think sometimes um, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with the independent school system, uh, sometimes Christian schools have called uh, they've called it. A missional approach where they allow families who are not Christians to attend the school and learn the Christian values, they still operate under a fully overtly Christian value system. Yes. Um, but they're not require, requiring their students and their families to be Christians. Whereas some other Christian schools, they actually um, need a pastoral referral to right. make sure that these families attend mm -hmm. church and that they are truly Christians. Yeah. So, and so we don't a require approach. a Bible course either. Like mm -hmm. students mm -hmm. don't require it. We, mm -hmm. off, like we offer them. You would take them online, yeah. but it's not a requirement. Yeah. So different context. So this is why we kind of asked these two people to join us for this podcast, because mm -hmm. we, we have to acknowledge there are many there are teachers, so many. EAs, principals yeah, yeah just a lot of people involved with education actually professors we have yeah. tons of professors too yeah. um, teaching at trinity and ubc and elsewhere as well mm -hmm. um in all different kind of fields but uh we thought this was unique because um ashley of course you teach in the public school system yeah and uh, you have your children in public school system as well I do. I yeah. Yeah. yeah and um and my wife teaches in the public school system mm -hmm. but i thought it was cool that suzanne actually teaches in an independent school setting and a christian school setting at mm -hmm. that yeah. um so two different perspectives but um, I think we're going to find here that it's still for the similar or same end goal in right. education. And right? you taught yeah. in public school, right? Yeah, but I, I actually did more private. Um, and we'll hmm. talk about private. Um, most of you listening probably are more familiar with uh, private school and public school kind of differentiation. But um, the wording has changed um, in the last decade or so. We've been calling it independent schools because even a lot of, quote unquote, private schools were actually somewhat funded by the government. So it's not entirely privately funded or or just funded by the students' tuitions. So that's why they've moved on to uh, the independent school language. Mm. Um, so I taught really private. 
like I had my own school at one point and it wasn't for credit, but it was more like a university prep and high academic writing courses. Hmm. Um, so I did that in downtown and I also taught um, um, adults as well. So I did adult ed for a little cool. bit. So cool. different, different settings. Yeah. And I did a tutoring business, which is a totally different animal because it's an entirely private, private and for profit as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I probably, oh, I was going to say, yeah. I should probably also add that Mary and Abigail both graduated from the school. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm school, so yeah. this is oh, where they okay. did their 10 to 12 online. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. So some context for you guys as you listen to this episode. But uh, Mary, can you um, launch us with the first question here? Absolutely. So we'd love to know, and I think that our listeners would also really enjoy this, but what was it that made you want to become a teacher in the first place? So Ashley, why don't you? Sure. Um, for me, my mom is a teacher as well. And so I grew up very much immersed in the education system and a public system as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always had just a huge heart for people. And so whether it was helping at VBS or teaching swimming lessons or working as a camp counselor, I always gravitated um, to finding a lot of meaning in relationships. And I, in my personal experience, I had a lot of great experiences with teachers, um, both Christian and non-Christian, um, who really changed my life and helped me to really form Um, My self-confidence, understanding of who I was, um, helping me navigate through the ups and downs of life. Um, And I wanted to be that for Mm -hmm. other people. And especially, I think, in I have a heart for teaching in the public system as well, because there's a lot of, first of all, kids who are from Christian families that grew up in there. And there's a ton of kids from non-Christian families um, and different backgrounds. And I... I just love being able to um, approach teaching and approach the way that I run my classroom in a way where, like, you come in here and you are loved. Mm. And if you're struggling with something, you can talk about it. And I'm coming from a place of, like, God has, like, a huge heart for this child. And so that's how they're going to be met. My hope is that they're met with, like, God's love. Yeah. 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 That's that's awesome. I think... I hope and pray every teacher, especially a Christ following teacher, would have that as a goal in their classroom. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I have a similar story of um, when I graduated from high school. Well, I didn't graduate. I was expelled a couple of times. And the teacher who actually took the time, uh, all my other high school teachers just did the kind of shaming me. Um, but one teacher took me aside, told me I can graduate through adult education and go to college. And she took all my essays that I wrote um, and she took all of that out and said, hey, here, you have potential. You write well. Maybe if you don't know what you want to do, maybe you should do English. Mm-hmm. That's literally why I became an English teacher because I wanted cool. to be That's like her. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And later I found out that she was a Christ follower as well, mm-hmm. um, but a, an amazing teacher. Um, so, yeah, so it, they make a huge difference. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I know Ashley's uh, family a little bit because I actually yeah. I actually worked with your dad. Yep. Your mom works with my wife, yep. and so do you, yep. <laughs> and, and also your brother. Do you remember? Uh, your brother used to work at, yep. at our church as well when uh, I first came here. A few of my brothers did, but I don't know yeah. uh, if they all crossed over No, just one. Here. Just one yep. did. But um, yeah, so I've, I've gotten to know some of your family quite mm-hmm. well, and I, I know your family to be a family that likes to serve other people mm-hmm. and help people. Definitely. And I think that clearly rubs off on um, who you are as a teacher. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful to my parents because yeah. they definitely modeled a lot of serving others through their jobs and having joy in anything that people could consider from the most honorable job to the Mm -hmm. most humble job. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge lesson for all of us kids. 
Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And what about you? Um, well, my, my story would probably be similar where I have a mom who's a teacher and my oh. grandma was a teacher. So, oh, wow. okay. so it would be, th- it would be three generations. And then my brother is my only sibling is also a teacher. Okay. So, um, they say the force is strong within us, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, uh, like my girls, I grew up with a mom saying you would be a good, great teacher. You would mm. be a great teacher. Mm. And, and I don't know, I guess I know now what she saw in me, but I kind of ran from that for a bit, as did my brother. We kind of mm. ran from it. Um, and then I ended up being, um, I worked in recreation. I had a recreation diploma and then I, I worked as an EA after I got my degree and every single adult that I met over like four years said, you should be a teacher. Mm. And so I finally went, uh, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll be a teacher. I just didn't want to go back to school. I mean, uh, yes. you know, when you do a history degree, you're yeah. done with papers, right? Yeah. You, like, it's just, you're done. Like, by I the mean, way, cause I've been through that program. Um, shout out to all teachers. It's a lot, a lot of work and a lot of time, a lot of money too. It's, for you guys. It's a, for sure. it's a lot. It's a long yeah grueling you know and to do it when i was first married was was not easy yeah. you know I did too. It, it, yeah, yeah it it yeah. kind of it makes an impact on your marriage it was yeah. not easy but we survived and anyways but yeah like whatever she saw in me she was right and you know a lot of people say you can take the you know the teacher out of the school but you can't take you know the you know the teaching <laughs> out of the person right mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it's who i am so yeah. and the, which ended up naturally I left teaching for a bit to raise my girls and homeschool them. So, you know, that was a very, and then that's how I slid into the school I'm at. I started in public school and then slid back into independent afterwards. So it's just who I am. I'm glad you guys ended up being teachers because I'm, I'm always, I'm praying for this actually very explicitly that we have good teachers Mm -hmm. in our province, in our city, in our country. Um, because as a parent now, I re- I recognize how important that is. Not only on the competence that my son and my daughter will learn um, through the practical um, education, but just the values, um, what kind of environment in which they will learn not to just um, be academics, but learn to be humans, right? Yeah. <laughs> learn to be civil, learn to be yeah. polite, learn yeah. to follow rules, learn to love people and be kind. Yeah. Um, so I think teachers have a huge role in that. So it's always a prayer of mine to have good teachers uh, for my kids, obviously, uh, but also for everyone, right? Well, I, I, there's a quote that is on, you know, one of the Instagram places that I follow. And, it, and it, it, you know, someone famous said it, but without the occupation of teaching, there are no other occupations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's constantly a battle about how to pay us or how to leave <laughs> us, you know, give us our time off or whatever. But it's like, it's so true. And when we, you know, you think about that, I mean, you can carry a big weight. I mean, you know, investing in the next generation, it's, it's, it's something that I wear and I carry. And I think yeah. all of us as teachers have yeah. carried. Definitely. And, you know, when you're having a bad day, you still have to remember that, you know, you are an example and, and you are, you know, in, in a leadership role over these kids. And, and that's what they see. That's what they see of this, this, this occupation. And that's what they see of, you know, a mentor they're hopefully trusting. So it's, it's a big deal. And, 
and I consider it an honor. Oh, it is I'm a big sure deal. You do, Absolutely. right? It yeah. is a big yeah. deal. And and you guys are now going to, you know, right now at the time of the recording of this episode, you guys are kind of closing out the year, right? We're in June. Counting down. Report cards are in for you, I, I, I think, yes, right? Yeah, are. I know no, some other teachers. I'm yeah, working you're still going. Yeah, on you're still Monday, going. So. There you go. Um, but I think um, even for me, when I graduated from UBC with an English degree, similar to your history degree, people ask, okay, so what are you going to do now? You're not going to write a book right away. So what do you do? Um, and they're like, it's either law school if your grades are good enough and if you're competent enough. And if you're not, you can always go to education. Yeah. And I hated that, right? I'm like, come on, yeah. are you telling me that our teachers are like people who couldn't do something else? So, oh, I guess we might as well do this instead. Like, I would love to know that our teachers are the, you know, the the top qualified people who desire to help other people, right? Um, sure. Yeah, well, there's that like old adage or new, I'm not really sure, but like <laughs> those who can't do teach mm. which is the worst yeah, it's the worst it's the worst so degrading <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but. degrading and it's like you know those bad lawyer jokes that we've all heard <laughs> right. that's a really bad shot at teachers yeah. for sure I, I want our teachers to be competent i want our teachers mm. like even when your professional days um become a little bit of a just a formality i don't like that because i think continuing education is important to everyone um, lifelong learning is important to everyone but especially for teachers mm -hmm. um if you can't keep up um, I think teachers lose their effectiveness, right? So, hmm. so it's so important to you guys. And, Absolutely. And we're going to talk sure. about maybe perhaps we'll get to like yeah. new technologies that yeah. change yeah. your mm -hmm. landscape a little bit. Yeah, we but, got a lot to cover. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really clear, though, from what both of you have said that your jobs, it's also your ministry, which mm -hmm. I think is For really sure. beautiful. And so I was just wondering, like, do you have specific mission statements or vision statements that you've always sort of functioned under because you have this twofold view of your of your job? Yeah, actually, I, I do have a personal mission statement, and uh, it's written in front of all my notebooks and in front of my Bible, mm. and it's uh, embrace, to embrace and inspire knowledge through passion. Mm. And that hit me in a Bible study probably in my mid-20s, and mm. uh, it's it's something that I wear, and I write it in inside every book so that I always have it there, and it actually encourages me. And, you know, it's... it's um, I learn best from people who are passionate. So when you give a passionate mm -hmm. sermon, especially those history ones, historical <laughs> ones, when you darken out, I'm like, I'm right with you, buddy. I'm right with you. <laughs> you know, and so when you get into that really passionate zone, you know, I just receive it like I remember it all. And and so that's kind of how I hope to teach. You know, I have a few great lectures that the kids love and they always remember those ones mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, dorking out or yeah, whatever yeah. and so passionate. Yeah. It's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. It's something I love. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and and when people sh um, share their faith or they they teach, you know, biblical like so I, I glean through passion and I also try to teach through mm -hmm. passion. And, and that's that's mm -hmm. kind of what keeps me going. Yeah. So, you know, anyone anyone who has something passionate to say to me, I just I love it. I receive it because yeah. I just really respond yeah. to that. Mm -hmm. But I, then I, on the other side, I'm also a passionate person. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. And I do see it in you. Mm -hmm. um, it's very evident. But I think it, the, the hardest teachers to um, learn from, I think, are the ones who are checked out. Yeah, um, I think we've all had those teachers. Oh, yeah. And those are really difficult to really, as, even as a student, even if you're trying your best, it's hard to learn from a person who's already checked out. Yeah. If they don't care, it's hard for you to care, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's always really obvious oh, yeah. Um, yeah. to, I mean, we all have our bad days, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but overall, yeah, I definitely can connect with the, the passion piece. Mm. I... 
I've had so many teachers that were absolutely wonderful. And like you said, you remember those lessons. Um, and that, that was a huge part of why I became a teacher as well, because I thought, oh, like I want to be able to connect with people and help them realize that they are all capable learners, regardless of how they learn yeah. or yeah. if they have, um, you know, anything that kind of hinders their learning. Um, I really, really love to be able to kind of figure out what's happening for them and be able to engage them. Mm. Because I I think that, especially because I'm, I'm teaching at an elementary age, yes. so much yeah. of their understanding of who they are and that, like, foundation um, is built in those years. And so to be able to help them see themselves as capable. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is a massive piece. So and also to be able to help them learn, you know, how to be, not that they are not already, but how to really be kind humans yeah. and how to, how to have empathy and be able to um, kind of start to take steps to, like, look beyond themselves, yeah. which is very hard to do if you're in elementary school yes. because a lot of who you are is just developing. So yeah. that all that, mm-hmm. you know, problem-solving frontal lobe stuff isn't yeah. really happening until later in life, but you can still really pave those like gentle foundations or sometimes rocky foundations. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's a big piece of mine is being able to um, teach in a really engaging way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other piece again is what I already commented on was, you know, the minute that you step into the classroom, whether you're my student or not, like you are loved like Jesus, yeah. no matter what kind of reputation you have at school. Um, the, the eyes that I'm going to do my best to see you with is the eyes of like, a God who loved you, who died for you, regardless of whether you know him or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's really massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the hope. The hope is that the love will come through, even if they don't know the source, yeah. because in public school, we don't um, speak openly about that mm. generally. Yeah. Um, we can, we can have opportunities for it, but um, I think that it's important too to like respect yes. the yeah. boundaries of every fam of yeah. every family and um, to really kind of more, convey the gospel like with my heart and then sometimes there's those opportunities with like parents Mm -hmm. or something like that um yeah i love that approach Mm -hmm. because um Mm -hmm. i think especially the age group that you teach uh, younger children i think confidence is so big Mm -hmm. to instill in them that you're loved and accepted before you even do anything like unconditionally yeah it just gives you so much confidence as a as a young person and what i've seen is um there's there's a study there's a research uh, been done um about you know, a lot of Asian parents like to uh, skip grades. Mm-hmm. They're proud of yeah. the fact that, oh, my son's a, a grade ahead or two grades ahead. And I know mm-hmm. you have a daughter who skipped grades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a great chat with her, by the way, about it. <laughs> but um, I think it's it's interesting that this study found um, most children who skip grades actually tend to not um, do that well academically. And mm-hmm. students who don't, um, who are actually pulled back a grade, sometimes do better. Um, one of the reasons, which doesn't make any sense, right? One of the reasons is that this is only at a very early age. And because um, your physical size gives you confidence when you're that young. So when you're a boy, a a six-year-old boy, and you're like head taller than every other kid, Mm -hmm. um, whenever there's like an activity to do or whatever, you end up being chosen to be like the leader in it. Mm -hmm. Naturally, your physical ability helps you become a leader. But just those natural inadvertent situations pile up and they accumulate. And all of a sudden, you're confident. Yeah. yeah, And you feel like you could lead. And it gives you so much of an advantage later in life when you have gained confidence that you could do this. 
but when you're always the smallest kid in, in, in the setting, sometimes that's a little bit difficult. So the study wasn't about any cognitive capacity. It was purely confidence-driven. Yeah. Hmm. If you can instill confidence in kids, hmm. and if you can help that, it goes such a long way. So, yeah. so your, your idea of uh, helping kids feel accepted, affirmed, and loved, I think that goes such a long way. Yeah. 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 And, well, and um, on my end of things, by the time they come to me, I can I can see kids who were loved either by their yes. parents or or in any kind of a school setting. Um, you know, it, it, they they're more secure as yeah. as who they are already yes. at grade 10. Mm -hmm. And the kids who weren't, they kind of sit slumped over yeah. and their heads down and they don't make eye contact in grade 10 because they've not had success or they've yeah. not had confidence yeah. or built any confidence and then then i know it's my job then to work for three years yeah. to help build and yeah. invest and and get the confidence yeah. up before i launch them you know yeah. so for sure yeah so yeah. your job is very yeah. important to my job oh yeah. definitely oh, sure. it definitely all works together 100 right? yeah. yeah i have a question for you guys um i find teachers are generally a, a, a kind of a little bit of a public position in, in the community yeah. Um, you might run into like I remember um, some teachers running <laughs> into like parents at a liquor store and yeah. somewhat like awkward if your like cart is full and <laughs> what's going on in this family um, and and it, there's just inev inevitably it's also thankfully a respected job in our community mm -hmm. for the most part yeah. so then there's this like I don't want to say an image to live up to because I think that's just too much pressure <laughs> yeah. but there is this expectation right. from the community to teachers right especially you know your kids parents or you know in the community mm -hmm. How do you feel like for you, Ashley, living in the community in which you teach kind of at least mm -hmm. somewhat closely and mm -hmm. um, having a potential to overlap at community events yeah. like like a church with yeah. your fellow colleagues or students and stuff like that? I actually I love it. I know mm. people I think people all feel a little bit differently yeah, yeah, yeah. or teachers feel a bit, a bit differently <clears throat> about it. I enjoy it because I've always felt that education is a partnership of a number of other factors in a student's life, a family being a huge one. Um, sometimes it could be church. Sometimes it's uh, activities like sports, different mm -hmm. things. Um, and so to be able to see students about in the community, one, it helps you humanize the student even more and it helps them humanize yeah. the teacher even yeah. more. You develop yeah. uh, like an empathy yeah. um, for each other. It also kind of gives you a little bit of accountability, yes. um, which is not bad for any of us to have some extra accountability in our <laughs> lives. <laughs> um, but also it, I love it because it helps me understand who my students are outside of school. Uh, yes. And that's really fun. And then you can also make more connections by bringing that into their learning when you're like, oh, I mm. noticed that, you know, this person was playing soccer on the soccer field mm. with this team a lot. Mm. Okay, we're going to be learning about triangles this week and we're going to be using soccer mm. to teach that mm. regardless of what it is. So yeah. I, I love it. And I love the connections with the parents as well because, again, that's like a huge piece of... Um, helping a student be successful, yeah. having those positive family relationships, regardless of what the home situation is yeah. like, can really open more doors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Absolutely, great perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I I do live in a community with some of my students. I I commute yeah. with them actually. So okay. So some of my students are from Vancouver, Richmond, and I I drive them to school, <clears throat> and have for years driven mm -hmm. kids. Uh, from Richmond to school, which gives me HOV, which is really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind it. <laughs> You're valued and loved. You provide me HOV. But um, uh, I, you know, a lot of the, so there are still some kids that I'm teaching that are the tail end 
of friends of uh, of siblings of Mary and Abby's mm. age. Mm-hmm. So where I've known the parents for a long time because yeah. we became friends because our kids were mm-hmm. the same age. Yeah. And now I'm on the tail end of their families because, of course, I deal with a lot of really big families. So for me, you know, I, I don't run into families in my community, but I have been for coffee and dinners mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. birthdays with a lot of, you know, people I've made friends with mm-hmm. because yeah. I've been teaching their kids now for 11 years. Yeah. And you go yeah. to a lot of their, like, all your theater kids, you will go to their performances. Yes, and I do make an effort when there are a lot of them involved in something. Yeah. Mm, you know, awesome. obviously I can't visit of each course. single yeah. one, but yeah. but when there are like ten kids in a theater production, yeah. I I will try and go to yeah. it every year. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I do do that, and I I enjoy that. However, you know, like I know, say my brother um, doesn't like to take his kids swimming in the in the yeah. community he teaches in. He yeah. take. Purposely sure. chooses mm-hmm. other because yeah. he wants his time off to be time off. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I I admire both of your approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a slightly different approach as well, um, especially as a pastor. It's a, a similar kind of public nature, but a little bit different setting as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I sometimes like struggle when I go to thrifties and I hope people don't listen to this and try to avoid me. <laughs> but like when I'm trying to do a quick in and quick out and yeah. Sarah's like, make sure you don't linger and stuff. Like, yeah. And then I run into like a person I haven't seen at church for a while yeah. because they've been hurt or injured or something. Mm-hmm. Then like, it's really hard for me to just leave. Fair. So, so sometimes it's just practically difficult, but I'm very secretly introverted. Yeah. So um, after, you know, help, like helping community building and all that stuff with a larger group, like our church, um, sometimes I do like to retreat a bit and yeah. kind of be alone. And aloneness is something that I actually don't get a lot of. So especially with, with children, know, yeah, <laughs> too. exactly. Yeah. Right. You totally get it. Right. Yeah, so, so sometimes the quiet is sometimes, um, a, a high value for me. Mm-hmm. So it, that's actually been a hard thing. And I think Sarah mm-hmm. embraces it because she's actually, even though she's the quieter one out of us two, like she is actually the extroverted one. Mm-hmm. Like she's Same. like you guys, she loves running into parents and she loves being involved and seeing them and. She's actually quite nosy in our townhouse complex. She like knows what everyone's doing and what's up to. And I'm like, yeah. just like, I don't, I don't have capacity for all of this right now. Um, but yeah, she's probably the better neighbor than I am to everyone else. But well, yeah. actually, at my stage of the game, it's actually quite, it's leverage for me, right? Mm. Because yeah. I've got high school kids, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I had lunch with your mom last week. Yeah. <laughs> I got her on speed That's exactly what I want to hear. Should I text her right now and tell her what you're doing? Oh, you know, and they're like, no, no, it's okay. But in a family it's type cool. safe setting, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's like my, I, it can be, I'm, it's kind of unique. You yeah, know? It's I'm, a real community. It's mm-hmm. a real community yeah. and they kind of laugh at yeah. that. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just part of what makes, gives me even a bit more connection mm-hmm. with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Right. We, um, I did something new this past year that I'm going to keep up with where, cause we have, um, parent teacher interviews throughout yeah. the year. There's three different connection points with parents but they're always a very short amount of time it's better than nothing Um, but this year what I did in terms one and three was I did an event that kind of focused on a certain part of our learning and then invited all the parents to come and watch and so I had the first one and I think it was the end of November and my students had been working on writing their own stories and so then we did an open we called it like our open mic morning or something and each student picked their favorite piece of writing and then read it out loud and there was like refreshments and the parents all came into the library and it was really cool because it was um it was a celebration of their child but it was also another connection point especially earlier on in the year 
um, for families just to feel safe, knowing yeah. I always mm-hmm. say my door's always open, even if it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and then we had uh, we did a talent show in the third term because we we're focusing on our presenting and speaking and listening yes. and things like that. And so then again, we invited all the families mm-hmm. to come out, and yeah. they were both very enjoyable events. Yeah. Good, it's it's cool that you're, you're inviting them, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're tangibly showing them that you are invited. It's not just something I say. I really yeah. do want you involved. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's cool. So unlike the rest of you, I'm not a teacher, at least yet. <laughs> Mom would say I'm still running from it, but <laughs> we'll see where that goes. But I'm just curious because I'm not. What are some of the like the greatest challenges and also the greatest um, joys that you see on the on the daily? Mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of challenges, again, I haven't been teaching for 25 years or anything. I've, I think I'm at seven years right now. Um, but what I hear a lot among staff members are that there's just been such a shift with students that have, whether they deal with anxiety, yes. whether there's more students that are designated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like numbers are kind of statistics are going mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, my own personal <laughs> part of my own personal theory or one way that I've seen a big shift even in my generation because things like Facebook for example came out when I was in grade uh, very end of grade 11 um, and phones weren't as accessible or they were flip phones right (laughs) and um, I've just noticed that with like the amount of screens that are around that I mean, we are. We all know there's a lot of studies that show that too much screen time isn't Mm. positive. Some screen time probably isn't a problem but I think that a lot of people um, you use that as a, as a daily activity, yeah. you know, in their lives and their kids' lives. And it's not a judgment because I'm a parent. So I understand how like mm-hmm. giving screen time sometimes is the easier option mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I've, I've, I wonder often if, because there's so much screen time, there's less um, opportunities to be able to feel bored, yeah. to be able to become creative, mm-hmm. yeah. um, to be able to connect with other people. Yeah. And that, again, that's all personal thoughts swirling around in my head. But I do notice that a lot, that sometimes um, part of becoming like a, a more creative student or being mm-hmm. able to learn a little bit better, mm-hmm. boredom is actually part of that or Absolutely. being able to kind of be alone with your thoughts for a little bit. Yeah. And so um, I think technology can sometimes be challenging and on the other hand it can actually really enhance learning at times um so that's that's kind of one of the challenges kind of helping students like grapple with anxiety and be able to be creative or sometimes make friendships um in yeah in ways where both people are present instead of over a headset or something like that when sarah buys or wants to buy new toys i I do a lot of research to back up the reason why we shouldn't buy these toys (laughs) Uh, so i actually found a really cool research around um buying too many toys like you know how kids have oven sets and stuff and if you do have them please no judgment right but i did hear that it takes away creativity when everything you want or imagine Mm -hmm. is already made for you yeah Whereas back then we would have to like create, okay, this is just a cardboard box, but not anymore. This is the stove, right? Exactly. Um, And actually there are studies that prove that there's a, um, you're, you're hindering their creativity, uh, uh, their opportunities to build creativity. Uh, So that boredom idea is very interesting. And also from a different kind of angle, um, I believe reflection is where we learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not 
oh, failures are are, are a road to success. Oh, okay. Only when you reflect on them mm-hmm. well, right? Definitely. That's why in education programs, you guys, yeah. we all did a ton of reflections. Ton of reflections. Right? <laughs> all we do is reflections, right? But I yeah. really do believe if we don't reflect from our mistakes or from our successes mm-hmm. or from any experience, experience actually doesn't lead to growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not because that's why we see people with a ton of experience and sometimes um, they don't mature as much as yeah. they should have with all that experience. I think when we are so bombarded and every second of our lives are, are accounted for through screens, through everything yeah. audible or podcasts or anything, although please listen to this podcast. But if we're always on, if we never turn off, there's no opportunity to reflect mm-hmm. anymore because yeah. yeah. you move on to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Yeah. It's definitely true for my life right now. I'm trying to turn, like, tone back the Mm. screens, especially around my kids as well, but off, like, or just have a limit because I have noticed that I don't reflect as much Mm. or even in my personal relationship with God, it's more of a discipline to read the Bible because I'm so used to that, like, automatic, um, I don't know what the right word is, but... Gratification. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway. And I think it's so important. And I think that's why when you said boredom is actually sometimes good for you. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, spiritually speaking, practically speaking, yeah. if there's something applicable to all of us. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Do you see the same challenges even working with the older kids? Um, yes. And and uh, there was something I used to always and still some from time to time joke about is, you know, is my goal is you know, to get you playing less video games, you know, from when I met you in grade 10 to when I launched you in grade yeah. 12, yeah. you know, that's my goal. And I always say, you know, nobody who only plays video games will ever get married, you know, and, <laughs> and I know that's not actually totally true, yeah. but it's, it's really fun to joke about, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of truth in that. Yeah. You actually have to leave your house to meet someone and fall in love, right? Yeah. Um, and have to have usually more skills than that to yeah. be able to support a family yeah. then, you know? So... I would say my greatest challenge at the age my kids are is is kids who walk in and don't want to be there. Uh, mm. yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, you know, dance and sing my way to winning their hearts is, is kind of then my goal. And, yeah. you know, then their peers have a lot to do with that, right? If I can oh, connect sure. them in the right groups and the right group works and, you know, I, they they will hopefully come along and join the train, you know, the, the party train to yeah. graduation. And, and it can be really frustrating because, you know, there are, are sadly homes out there that don't value education yeah. or had that or had really negative experiences yes. right. in the education yeah. system. And, the, and and I feel bad, you know, like mm-hmm. so. So my my goal is then to give them a positive yeah. uh, experience. Corrective in emotional experience. Right? <laughs> yeah, corrective exactly. emotional experience. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, I take that as a challenge. And and, you know, usually if if I, I see like a tiny, tiny door open, mm. I can use usually get in there yeah. and, and, and change it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's, I, I hope it's the tough. listeners are actually picking up on how intentional teachers normally mm-hmm. are. At least the good yeah. teachers are in trying to help students thrive in life. It's not just about teaching a Shakespeare poem or, no, sure you not. know, yeah. it's actually you guys are this intentional about trying to invest in the next generation. And I, I love hearing about that. It's, it's actually very comforting mm-hmm. to know that teachers mm-hmm. care this much about my children, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love the school I work at. I love all of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. It's it is really wonderful to be able to because you're. Um, I mean, I guess it depends. I don't know about you, Suzanne, about your context or exactly how it works. But with elementary school, you really are a team. Yeah. Right, and you bring things to the table as a team. 
pods and, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and our specific school environment is very open and collaborative. And so it's really wonderful knowing that you can go to your next door neighbor and be like, yeah. do not know how to reach the student. I need yeah. some help. I need yeah. some thoughts. Yeah. Or I am teaching this lesson and I'm feeling like it's not hitting the right yeah. way, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you have that because I know for a fact that not all schools have that. Yeah. Um, Sarah, working with you, yeah. would say the same things, that yeah. you guys have a great staff. And I'm we really do. thankful for that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not always the case. And, no, it, and it isn't always the It's case. hard to build that culture, especially, you know, I, we said we wouldn't get into the politics of all of this too much. But <laughs> when, when, when principles change a lot and when admins yeah. get um, changed mm-hmm. and shifted a lot, I think one of the downsides is that, um, it's hard to form a culture around staff. Yeah. It's hard to like uh, fault the principal or vice principal or the, or the or the admin team when they got three years here and they got shifted to another place. It's you usually need more time and mm-hmm. and it's hard because also they don't get to hire and fire teachers either. To be yeah. honest, like they get what mm-hmm. they get. <laughs> yeah. They don't get upset. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think it's really inherently in the system. It's a little mm-hmm. bit difficult to build culture, um, but. Despite the challenges, if you have been able to build a positive culture, that is such a gift. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense, too. Right. Because the the admin team is the leadership team and you can have the best people on your team. But if the leader is pointing, you know, the ship in a direction that's questionable or in a direction that people don't understand, even then that can be complicated. Yeah. So shout out yeah. to the admin as well. <laughs> well we, we have staff all over the province. Like we have like 120 teachers and staff oh, wow. okay. Okay. all over the province because we serve about 1,500 okay. kids all over the province. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we do run classes in Prince George and mm. up yeah. in the forts, you know, Fort St. John. Yeah. And um, so we just, we just finished uh, three days of being together in April and you know, our, our, we have, you know, meetings for sure, two of the days and working through some of the new, new advances in technology, yes. and, you know, <laughs> and our new uh, LMS, our learning mm-hmm. management yeah. system and things like that and things we had to get done. Um, and then he, my principal said, there's a surprise for you on, on the Wednesday, mm. you know, come with walking shoes or whatever. Mm. And we show up and there's two huge coach buses. Oh, wow. Leather seats, by the way. I don't know what coach buses these were. <laughs> That's the main takeaway. <laughs> they were amazing. Yeah. And he put all of us on these two coach buses and took us to Granville Island for the day. Gave us the 20 so bucks fun. for our lunch yeah. and just said, have a good time. And, wow. you know, we kind of ended up at, you know, common artisans or common food places. Or yeah. I ended up at the fabric store, which was not a surprise. <laughs> and we just all, like, you know, just to build community and you know, even though we are all over the province, um, our kids uh, can't take a full load in, yeah. say, just blended in 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 whatever city we're in. You have to do take you have to take some online courses yeah. like, like mm-hmm. Bible or, yeah. or whatever. There's uh, and so there are always a group of us working with kids, so yeah. we can yeah. send out. You know, we have a chat. Yeah. You know, and it's like okay, a grad chat. Who has this kid? And mm-hmm. can you give me any insight into them? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, absolutely. But, you know, that comes, you don't want to send that chat unless you have a relationship with the yeah. people yeah. you're working yeah. with and you have yeah. respect and they have respect for you, you know. Yeah. So the community is huge and your leadership definitely, definitely sets that tone. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ashley mentioned um, at the beginning talking about shifts and shifts and things and shifts in you know what we're seeing in mental health but also in technology we've been talking even on our staff a lot about um, AI and chat GPT and different sort of technology advances that I think so many fields are experiencing um, these days by the way some people actually ask me what AI is 
okay. so we should oh, yes. we should clarify. We should. Yeah, artificial intelligence. Yes. Um, it's it's the technology that's really um, mm-hmm. under a mi- microscope right now. Everyone's yeah. paying attention yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, and we actually are for our listeners to know we're going to be doing a whole episode on AI yeah. and what that looks like. But we're doing a little teaser in for this episode <laughs> with our education. Yes. Um, but. Uh, I'd love to just talk about how you are seeing all of these technological advances in your classrooms. If you're seeing them, if you're not, if they're coming, what the sort of attitudes around all of this is and how you experience it. So I know you definitely do. So do you want to Absolutely. Start? So being a high school teacher, <laughs> yeah. my kids were like fast to uh, adopt that. Um, huh. And uh, we were we were put, I think before Christmas, we were put on the watch uh, and our tech team was... Uh, keeping us updated. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't totally understand what that meant at first, yeah, what this yeah. was mm-hmm. going to be. Yeah. And then I guess f- February, the grade 11s um, kind of em- just embraced it. And we started to see this stuff come in. And mm-hmm. it was like, um, you know, like, you know, the science teacher and me, you know, you kind of learn the voice of your kids, mm-hmm. you know, in grade 11, that's about a year and a half mm-hmm. with each kid. And and it's like, okay, this is not that kid's voice yeah. in whatever they're writing, whether yeah. it's physics or yeah. English. And um, so, yeah, our tech department, you know, yeah. had to st- stop. And here we go. Here's some yeah. pro-D on this and yeah. what to look for. Yeah. Here's yeah. some websites to use. And You're all detectives now. All detectives, <laughs> you know. And, and for me in English and socials, you know, as if plagiarism wasn't a concern yeah. already. I know, right? You know, I already have my, you know, website best yeah. friends to check for that. Yeah. And there's always a few every year. Yeah. And now I, d- I have to add this. So, you know, just two months ago, I, I got in essays, 29 essays, and I had to run all, f- all yeah. of them through both checkers. Yeah. And I had four flagged. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's very dis- discouraging, mm-hmm. you know, and... um so, so for September, we are, you know, ramping up and encouraged uh, as high school teachers to um, do spend like the first bit of September yeah. saying, you know, this is what this is what my expectations are yeah. in the class. And these are my expectations around yeah. chat mm-hmm. GPT. Yeah. Hey, I yeah. know about it, too. <laughs> I know about it. Well, yeah, I know about it. You know, I've already yeah. had to give the yeah. I am disappointed in some of yeah. you expectations or yeah. you know, exa- yeah. explanation. Yeah. And, um, you know, then they ask a lot of questions. And I'm yeah. like, in September, I'm going to come back yeah. and we're going to do yeah. some learning on this. And yeah. you're going to know what what I think is okay and what I yeah. think is not okay. Yeah. Oh, that's Because great. it's still my job yeah. to prepare mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you will be able to use this in the future, yeah. but not to pass yeah. high school. <laughs> or, or not to lie about it. And not say, to lie about it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. I think explaining the expectations and how to use and how to not is mm-hmm. always helpful. Mm-hmm. Just saying don't do it is sometimes not helpful for kids. Yeah. So or it just makes it more No, it makes it more yeah. exciting yeah. for yeah, Great job. Because, I mean, it's going to get more complicated, unfortunately, for you guys because... Um, Machine learning, deep learning allows um, students or anyone to upload their papers so that ChatGPT or any AI will learn your voice as well. Mm -hmm. And now it'll be very difficult in the very near future. It'll be almost impossible for you to even detect because it'll learn. Mm -hmm. You just have to provide a lot of uh, a large enough sample Sample, size of writing that you've done. And now it'll learn your writing. Well, there's already even even two or three months ago. You know, at the beginning of what chapter GPT yeah. version four, yeah. um, you could get something out of it and then put it in a different website, yes. and mm-hmm. it takes out the chat GPT stockness yeah. yes. of, of yeah. the reply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. 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 always uh, a flag is in conclusion. 
So <laughs> don't teach your kids yeah. to write in conclusion oh, at, the end, yeah. at the end of at yeah. their essay because yeah. that's a GPT yeah. flag. I actually you know? always, always taught don't do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's very okay. stock and not it's creative. It's very stock. But anyhow, yeah. I, I know it's very early um, for your age group to probably like even have been impacted by this at this point. But are there any things that you're talking about or your colleagues yeah. are thinking about? Yeah, it was about? funny. At our last staff meeting, we had a, a little bit of pro-D learning about mm -hmm. it. Um, just to start getting familiar with mm -hmm. it. And the first joke was, so can we write report cards with this? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you can. You yeah. can actually yeah, get comments. Yeah. Comment out I, of it. I'm yeah. actually, oh, I should maybe, oh, well. I'm, yeah. I'm actually Sarah's chat GPT. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I was yeah. going to say, are you going to say you can get sermons out of it? Yeah, that was always my question, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think likely a key going forward with it is going to be what are the expectations and mm -hmm. I mean it might be hard it was like maybe the pendulum will swing back and we're going to bring back handwriting and lined paper <laughs> well, that would be nice yeah. cursive, yeah. Oh, cursive that teachers can read that yeah. would be nice yeah, yeah. yeah. that's hard <laughs> no, but uh, I taught kindergarten for five years mm -hmm. and I would say it's pretty safe to say that that wouldn't be a concern yeah. in the majority of kindergarten yeah. classrooms. I'm going into grade four or five next year. Oh, okay. And so that, that could start to play a yes. role. Yes. Um, I, I'm more intrigued by the technology to see yes. where it's, where it's going to take us. I'm not really one to stay on the up and up with anything in the world. Sure. <laughs> Cause I have a husband that does it and he'll tell me anything sure. I need to know. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting. This past term, even with um, my students, we're learning how to type, right? Mm. So we're learning, we're doing typing club online and learning about finger positions. And I had them each write a paragraph. And when they came back to me, I was so impressed because oh, I was like, wow, their spelling has really come a long way this year. <laughs> and then I was sitting beside a student helping them. And as I'm sitting there, I was feeling ridiculous because I'm watching the computer autocorrect yes. everything. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're gonna but, have but, to but, change yeah. those expectations. But it is, yeah. but it is yeah. interesting though, because like, okay, um, we've always used calculators as long as I remember yep. in in advanced math. For sure. Right. What I mean, advanced math is for my <laughs> subjective view. Um, yeah. But um, but in Korea. And in China and other countries in Asia, it was very common for you not to be allowed a calculator. Yeah. Hmm. Even in like grade 10, 11, 12 math. And you have to remember, their grade 10, 11, 12 math is like our master's level math, right? Right. Because um, their math is so much more advanced. Um, so it's actually weird, right? Like, okay, we already use a calculator. Why don't we allow using Grammarly or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I personally, Grammarly is not perfect, but still, right? It's a starting yeah. point. Um, so I guess there's that question of, is this just a tool? Or is this hindering you from learning a correct spelling? Yeah. And how do you balance the two, right? Uh, and that's at what exactly grade it. do we transition? You're allowed to use this now, where there's mm -hmm. ChatGPT as a research assistant, mm -hmm. not as a plagiarism tool. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? So I think there's lots of questions for us to consider. But I do see mm -hmm. what you're saying about, I'm curious about the upside as well. Definitely. Because um, I, have you guys watched this um, TED Talk? Uh, from Khan, um, Khan Academy. I forgot his first name. I haven't. But um, he's, oh, yeah. for, for for the tutoring world, he is the um, Tim Mackey Bible Project guy. Okay. He revolutionized tutoring. And yeah. um, he, there's research that states that um, a private tutor, a, a competent private tutor, almost always increases your learning uh, capacity, your learning mm -hmm. competency. Um, so if we know that to be true, but you can't put everyone with a one-on-one -on -one tutor because... It's, it's A, too expensive for everyone to afford, but B, mm -hmm. probably even more limiting, we don't have that many 
competent tutors to no. go around. But then if ChatGPT or if the improvements that we can find in AI could become every child can have access to an excellent tutor, mm-hmm. if that or every university prof can have an excellent research assistant slash TA, if every teacher could have a great assistant in your, mm-hmm. how, how much can we unleash with that? So the upside is definitely there. Now, at the end of the TED Talk, he will talk about, obviously, we're going to need to safeguard this from the potential mm-hmm. threats to 100%. But his argument there is, if if we say, oh, this is too dangerous, so we should stop developing it, okay, we're going to stop. The terrorists, the porn industry, all the bad guys, quote unquote, bad guys out there that are going to use this to harm our society, mm-hmm. they're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue to develop it. Mm-hmm. So if we all stop and yet they get way advanced in their mm-hmm. ability to use it for bad things, that might also be a greater threat. So, you know, just another perspective to think through mm-hmm. as we weigh the the challenges to teachers versus the potential. Um, I think there's a lot of conversations to be had. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad both Definitely. of you guys are having those conversations with your staff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Mom just slipped me a note telling me that <laughs> I forgot to ask about the joys when I asked about the challenges. But I actually think this would be a great way that we can end here sure. today. Definitely. Is just um, I'd love to hear you, what you guys think some of the greatest joys of your job are. Just to encourage our listeners today. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, the people are the joy, and being able to see growth in your students, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's academic or mm-hmm. social or X Y Z. Um, I love being a part of each student's journey. I, I remember um, in high school, uh, I had a grade nine science teacher who was a Christian. And I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. um, but I learned it throughout the year. And I loved having um, a Christian teacher who was able to teach a number of perspectives yeah. um, and feeling like I was in a safe place to learn. And, and I loved that he taught, you know what, these are all like, these different things that we're learning about in this context, you know, are theories Theories, or perspectives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These things that we're learning about are scientific fact. And it was really helpful, I think, especially at a high school age for me to be able to sort out my faith amidst my friends who some had similar faith, some had Mm -hmm. different faith. And we were able to kind of open up that dialogue and talk about it in a safer, kinder way. Um, And I think as a teacher, as well, it's a joy being able to kind of open that up for students, even yes. if they're littler, yeah. um, to be able to know, like, I have a safe place to talk about yes. my questions. Yes. I have a safe place to express my problems and just having the joy of knowing that you're another safe adult, which is what I hope for my kids as they grow up, whether it's a youth leader or a teacher or a soccer coach, yeah. that they'll have other safe adults they can turn to as well. Yeah. Um, because I think that's so important. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, for <clears throat> for me, I guess um, it's kind of like very cool to see um, my kids cross the stage. So typically mm-hmm. I get them in 10 and I teach them 10, 11 yeah, and yeah. 12. Um, and then seeing them cross the stage is, uh, which is happening tomorrow, actually, oh, nice. uh, is uh, so rewarding. But uh, at the end of the year, often in any of the grades, I'll get uh, letters. You know, my kids are big. They can actually, you know, yeah. they can really write, you know, and I'll yeah. get these long letters. And last year I got like a four page letter from one yeah. girl who I had known actually the most of her life because I had her older siblings. And mm-hmm. and it was this this huge heartfelt letter about how, 
you know, just kind of exactly what you were saying about your Christian teacher, just how, mm -hmm. how I was able to, I guess, bring out many perspectives and many facts and mm -hmm. many things that were happening in the world, you know, from, from a family that maybe didn't explore mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all of it, you know, mm -hmm. um, or didn't allow the exploration or the yeah. discussion of all of it. Yeah. And so we did that in class and how it just really opened up you know, her mind and, and challenged her faith, but in like in a really good way, she wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, drawn to anything bad with some people fear, but it, it, she was just so thankful that she had a safe place yeah. to discuss things and all the things rambling around in her head. And I, mm -hmm. and I do find that those, those letters that come in that say, thank you for a safe place yeah. to discuss the things that are mm -hmm. rambling around in my head. You know, thank you for sharing yeah. your view, your political view, maybe your your faith view, but then allowing us to disagree with you, yeah. to mm -hmm. agree with you. Yeah. You know, these are kids who really want, I guess this generation really wants to talk about it. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I allow for a lot of time to talk and I, seeing the, the lights go on and always the comments at the end of the years. Thank you for letting us talk. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you for letting us discuss things. You know, thank you. And so that that brings me great joy just to see that they are actually working out their faith and their humanity yeah. and their yeah. confidence yeah. like daily right there yeah. in front of me. And it's, it's not really anything that I'm doing. I'm just allowing yeah. the space and, and, you know, making it safe. And that's yeah. kind of that's what very I, cool. that's what I love. I, that, that's why I do the job. That's yeah. why I come mm -hmm. back every year. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, in, in the Bible we have, um, I think when people talk about like education and Hey, think about a verse that I think most people go to like the Proverbs 22 one, train up a child train in the way child, you should yeah. go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even when he's old, he'll be, but that one's like a little bit taken out of context. Cause that's like as a parent. Right. Um, but in the education system, I like, um, thinking about people like Daniel, Joseph, Moses, Paul, um, at the feet of Gamaliel, um, mm -hmm. Apollos, uh, in Alexandria, which we covered in mm -hmm. the book of Hebrews. Um, but like, think about those guys, like, especially Daniel here, I, I have a verse for us to just consider chapter one, verse 17 of Daniel. It says, as for these four youths, Daniel and three friends, right? Mm -hmm. God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. It, it talks mm -hmm. about, yes, the visions and dreams may be more spiritual kind of a thing, but it talks about the practicality of God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. Mm -hmm. God uses practical educational things, mm -hmm. not just biblical content, Biblical content, obviously very important <laughs> to us, um, yeah. but like practical mathematics, history, writing, typing, like practical yeah. things that we ought to learn it is very much a huge part of how God develops us. People like Daniel, people like Joseph, yeah. people like Moses, all their leadership. And we talked about confidence. We talked mm -hmm. about kindness. We talked about ethics, but also the practicality of yeah, the variety of skills yeah, mm -hmm. of the skills. And yet God uses people along the way to educate them, whether it was Moses in the court of Egypt, right, as a as a prince to having access to perhaps the highest education at that time, or whether it was Paul under the Jewish teaching of a guy named Gamaliel, which was like, uh, he was a legend at the time. God will use people like you um, and other good teachers that he has prepared, and even teachers who are not Christ followers. You have mm -hmm. to remember, Absolutely. Moses was yeah. trained in knowledge under people who were not God-fearing people, Absolutely. right? So God, I, I think it's, it's appropriate for Christians to be praying for teachers mm -hmm. in our school system, whether it's independent or, or public. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
Um, listeners, I encourage you to pray for all the teachers and EAs and people involved in education, especially in our church context. Mm-hmm. They've had a, another difficult, lovely, and awesome year. Yeah. Um, as they close out the year, please pray for them. Uh, please pray for the students. Please pray for the education system. Um, this is a huge part of our community Mm -hmm. and our society so we want it to be thriving we want it to be successful so please pray um thank you both Mm -hmm. for being a part of this this was was great to be here yeah and i know suzanne you wanted to be a part of a draft because you know our drafts are now becoming very uh, fun and stuff so so we'll have to have you guys again we'll have you guys again and we would love to hear from you um Mm -hmm. enjoy the rest of summer too um you guys earned it and deserved it um so hopefully you guys have some fun plans and enjoy family enjoy friends great yeah thank you thank you 